Meet Reed Lance Rosenthal, rancher, number one best-selling, award-winning author, and unabashedly, unapologetically on the right side of the outstanding issues of our generation. But don't try to fence him in. Sometimes his positions will surprise you, because Reed is definitely his own man, with his own opinions. You might love him, you might hate him, but you won't be able to stop listening. Step over to the right side with Reed. Howdy listeners from coast to coast and from the Gulf to Canada and around the globe. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio, your Wyoming hayseed, bringing you the news that nobody else does, along with the history of it. Well, this is another huge show. I mean, there's so much going on contemporaneously, simultaneously. And gee, do you think that's an accident? Or do you think you think there's a little planning going into this by those elites and those in power? What do you think? So what we're going to cover in this show, I'm going to give you the history of the United States dollar as the reserve currency of the world. And that history is in a state of flux right now. And I'm going to bring you the rest of the story. Remember, by the way, as I give you this history, what I told you about the new alternative reserve currency being put together by the BRICS country. You'll find it rather fascinating. You'll find it rather scary, actually. And then I'm going to do a little philosophy session with you. Because, you know, it occurs to me that Democrats are not the enemies of Republicans. Republicans are not the enemies of Democrats. Independents are not the enemies of anyone. And even the Russian and the Chinese people are not the enemies of the American people. So what exactly is going on here? And what exactly do we need to do? And then I'm going to bring you some rather distressing anecdotal tales of two U.S. Air Force officers that I talked to separately up at the North Dakota State Fair where we were signing books. It went great, by the way. Thank you, North Dakota. Thanks for the hospitality. All you North Dakotans are terrific. And our many, many, many tens of thousands of readers up there, you guys rock. But what I'm going to tell you about what these officers told me is going to go right back to what I warned you about four or five shows ago when I brought you the history of military readiness of the United States Armed Forces. And this is from, as they say, the horse's mouth, direct. I'm not going to use their names for obvious reason. And then we're going to have a huge, huge rat-a-tat-tat because, folks, rat-a-tat-tat needs to expand as the volume of news expands. And it's from every corner, every tangent, every aspect, international, national, local, you name it. I mean, it is just a barrage. It's an avalanche. It's a cascade. It's Niagara Falls out there. So hold on to your hat for all those because we're going to cover a lot of topics today on Rat-a-tat-tat. And all of them, I'm telling you, all of them, your eyes will just go, they'll just pop and your mind will go, what did he just say? And your heart will, in some cases, take a heavy twist. So let's get started. And as we always do, let's start with a quote from the founders. And this, I think, is particularly apropos to this show because everything I'm talking about in this show really is about change. And we're in the middle of monstrous change that you need to know about, you need to be prepared about, and you need to think about. Outside the box, outside your normalcy bias, yes, it can happen here, folks. It's happening here. This is Benjamin Franklin. Change is the only constant in life. One's ability to adopt to those changes will determine your success in life. Yes, true, and even more so in today's tumultuous times. Okay, my ranch story, and it's actually a really good one. It's not on our ranches. It is, in fact, on some poor guy's ranch up in Sundance, Wyoming. 
Coming back from North Dakota, tooling along, the trailer behind me, beautiful evening. I see this plume, actually more than a plume, burst of smoke miles away. And for whatever reason, my uh, direction indicator on the phone routed me down that road, which is not the usual route. And as I come around this corner by Sundance in those wooded mountains to the south of town, here is this gnarly-looking fire going up a steep incline in a heavily treed ridge. And, I mean, it was ugly. Uh, the flames had to be 100, 150 feet high. The smoke was billowing. It was just gathering steam. Obviously, this fire had started within an hour and just blew up. And as I came around the bend in the road, which kind of circled the toe of this, of this mountain that this fire was raging on, here is a field right on the other side of this ridge, and it's a low ridge. I'm actually going to post the picture on the ontherightsideradio.com website, just so you can get a feel. And in this field, which was rather large, I guess it was probably a couple hundred acres, there had to be at least 500 round bales, obviously just harvested in the last week or two, and baled and wrapped and ready for pickup. And that fire was headed right at that field. And of course, my heart sank as I thought of the rancher and all his work. That's either his winter hay for his cows or his cash crop for the year. And there is no doubt that if those bales weren't moved, they were going to burn. And the moral of the story is, no matter how hard you work, no matter how well you prepare, the unexpected happens. As Benjamin Franklin said, change is constant, and how one adopts to it makes all the difference. I certainly hope that rancher, I don't know who he is, uh, got his neighbors together and they worked all night to move those bales before the fire reached the field on the back side of that ridge. And uh, my heart goes out to all those folks up there. Fires are scary, scary things. Trust me, I know. Now let's get into the history of the United States dollar and its rise, its ascendancy to the reserve currency of the world. First of all, what is the reserve currency, right? A reserve currency, folks, is the currency that most people use for international trade. It is the currency that gets pegged to the price of commodities. Remember, I've talked about this in previous shows. Commodities are the basic necessities, not the wants, but the needs of life. And the dollar has enjoyed this, this enviable position of reserve currency for almost 90 years, since really 1913, World War I. So that coincided, the ascendancy of the dollar, with not only the World War, but the United States becoming the world's largest economy, which was 1913. Did you know that the first dollar as we know it today was actually printed in 1914, which was a year after, oh, what another coincidence, the establishment of the Federal Reserve as the nation's central bank. Hmm, amazing. And the Allies, because America is resource-rich, and remember that as we get into the story and the rest of the story, the Allies were desperate for supplies, and they paid the United States in gold. But after the war, they pegged their currencies to the dollar. They pegged their currencies to the dollar because at that time, the dollar was backed by gold. It was based on gold. Believe it or not, though, despite, I won't call it the strength of the dollar, but putting aside the dollar's enviable position as the reserve currency, the International Monetary Fund estimates that 59% of all reserve currencies held by all countries in the world and 59%, give or take, of all trade in the world, international commodity, you name it, is in United States dollars. That, by the way, is down from the high 60s percentile about 10 years ago. 
and sinking. You'll see why here in just a moment. Basically, the reserve currency of the world fulfills a unique role. It's a currency that's held in reserve by countries, by central banks, by banks, and by large businesses. And that in turn facilitates the financing and transactions of all global trade. It's really interesting to note that all the currencies that have been the reserve currencies through time, and I'm going to give you a quick rundown here, have always been backed by precious metals, gold or silver. The United States actually backed some of its early dollars with silver. It backed its later dollars with gold. It now backs them with nothing, zero. Since 1250, the year 1250, here are the reserve currencies and about the length of time each one of them lasted in that position. And there's a lesson in here. There always is in history. Back way back when, the city-states like Florence and Venetia and Athens were more powerful than the countries. And the first real reserve currency of the world was the Florentine Florin, F-L-O-R-I-N, from Florence. That lasted as the reserve currency of the world for about 150 years. It was replaced by the Venetian Ducat, D-U-C-A-T, Venice. And then it was replaced by the Portuguese Portuguese Real. Uh, the, The Real only lasted about 50 years. And then it was replaced by the Spanish Real, which lasted, give or take, 200 years, because Spain was busy extracting resources from North and South America. And what were they extracting? Oh, yeah, gold and silver which backed their currency. You see how all this kind of works? And then the Dutch Gilder kind of replaced the Spanish Real. It lasted less than 100 years. And then the French Livre replaced the Dutch Gilder, and that was in 1700. And it lasted, oh, 70, 80 years. And then the British Pound Sterling, you know, the sun never sets on the British Empire, that replaced the French Livre. And that began in about, oh, just before 1800, the turn of the century, and continued to until, oh yeah, 1913, when the United States took over the position, the U.S. dollar, as the reserve currency of the world. But now there's competition, because in the end, all conflict is economic. I've told you this a million times. All conflict is economic. And the basics of economic is the medium you use to exchange for goods and services, i.e. currency. Let's go back to World War One, when the dollar and the United States really took off. So the U.S. joined the war, so to speak, in 1916. The demand for dollars had surged across the world, and the reason was simple. The U.S., as I said, offered the most resources in terms of raw materials and industrial technology, two very critical components of warfare. At the end of World War I, the U.S. was in the enviable position of being able to basically dictate the economic world order. In fact, Britain invited America to join in forgiving the debts of Russia, France, Italy. The White House refused the offer. Eventually, by the way, as a side note, France and Britain defaulted on that wartime debt to America. And the economic collapse that became Germany, you know, the Weimar Republic, and Italy resulted in the rise of Mussolini and Hitler. You know, there are always unintentional consequences. Post-World War II, the Bretton Woods Agreement, which basically was the agreement between the industrial nations on the planet that the U.S. would have the reserve currency and that the U.S. dollar would be backed by gold, was scrapped, you know, rather unceremoniously. In 1933, FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, confiscated all private gold stocks in the United States. It was illegal to own gold. And that's because the United States needed more and more gold to back 
more and more paper printing dollars and to maintain its reserve currency. By the way, speaking of government and trusting it, folks who turned in their gold at FDR's command were given $20 paper gold notes. In other words, $20 U.S., in return for their ounce of gold. And then, when everybody had turned in their gold, the government, FDR, devalued those notes. They increased the value of gold to $35 an ounce, basically hammering everybody who had turned in their gold by 40%. Huh, imagine that. Must have been an accident. It wasn't until the 1950s that the European economies after World War II were finally stable enough to transact in any kind of volume with the United States And then arose the geopolitical tension against the Soviet Union, right? The Cold War. And that kind of forced the West to unite, to become economic allies, even stronger economic allies. And it was at this time that what was called the fixed exchange system emerged. And the world continued to abide by the newly created system in the Bretton Woods Agreement based on the anchor, this is really key, that the dollar was backed by gold. But in 1971, Richard Nixon ended that without warning. And this was caused because during the 60s, a bunch of countries started the process of cashing in their dollar bills for gold. And the United States realized that they just had $11 billion of gold. Remember, these are numbers way back when. Backing almost $24 billion in dollar exchanges. Oh, well, gee, I guess that, that budget upside down think began way back when, didn't it? And when Nixon ended the gold standard, when the dollar was no longer backed by anything but the full faith and credit of the printing press of the United States, we became officially a 100% fiat money standard. Fiat means paper, just paper, nothing else. And at that time, inflation began to take off because there was nothing tethering the dollar to a certain value. Gold was no longer there to stabilize the dollar at a $35 per ounce fixed exchange rate. The dollar itself became an instrument for speculation. And the biggest beneficiary of that was, guess who? Oh yeah, Wall Street. And of course, in the meantime, the financial markets were broadening and deepening. And dollar-denominated international lending was leading to faster and faster boom and bust cycles, which fueled more debt crises, which fueled more dollars and more foreign debt, either from countries to us or from us to other countries. Think about the debt crises that emerged in Latin America. And the benefits we're reaping now, folks, take a look at the southern border. During the 80s, Mexico in 1995, Asia in 1997, Russia in 1998. When we come back, we're going to finish up the history of the dollar as reserve currency. And I'm going to tell you the rest of the story, which ain't pretty. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, CEO of MyPillow. Retailers, shopping channels, and now even banks have tried to cancel myself and my pillow. During these times, your support has meant everything to us. So my employees and I want to personally thank each and every one of you by passing the savings directly on to you. We're selling the best products ever for the best prices ever. For example, we have my towels with proprietary technology, which makes them soft and absorbent. Towels that work, what a concept. They're made with USA cotton and come in a variety of awesome colors. My six-piece towel set is regularly $109.99, now just $39.99 with your promo code. Support Mike. Support America. 
Get great stuff. Use the promo code RIGHTSIDE, R-I-G-H-T-S-I-D-E, RIGHTSIDE, or call 800-892-1083, RIGHTSIDE. Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers and the Annuity Rate Report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-914-1358. 800-914-1358. That's 800-914-1358. Hey, listeners. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal, your host of On the Right Side Radio, and I have a message for you. Do you want a business? Sell a product? Provide a service? Have a message you want to get out? Do you believe in freedom, the Constitution, and America? Here's your opportunity to reach 69 million sets of ears in scores of markets around the country, including five of the top 10 and 15 of the top 50 markets in the United States of America. Very affordable, very flexible, 30 and 60 second packages available. Give your business a boost and help America get the truth. Call Francis at Media Airtime at 602-300-8250, 602-300-8250, or write Francis at MediaAirtime.com. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-S at MediaAirtime.com. Thank you. Welcome back. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Let's finish up reserve currency history for the United States and then the rest of the story, which you won't like much. And then I'm going to tell you about my really interesting conversations with two Air Force officers separately in North Dakota. The collapse of the Soviet Union in 1991 was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of stabilizing the dollar and making it preeminent making it the the dominant currency of the entire planet. But understand that with each crisis, which was induced way back when, when we began to back the dollar with nothing but ink and printing presses, each crisis, the world questioned the credibility of the U.S. as a debtor more and more and more. And that is coming to a head now. And it's fueled, this coming to a head, it's fueled by resentment of other leaders and countries of the economic power of the United States and the way it wields money as a weapon. It's fed by envy. It's fed by pure animosity and global aspirations, as in the case of China. It's fed by enmity in the case of Russia and by opportunity in the case of India and South Africa, the BRICS countries. Remember my story I brought you about two or three weeks ago, which I've seen only one other place in three weeks. It's unbelievable. This is a huge story. So, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, and now other countries are joining them, have announced a new reserve currency. It is backed by, guess what? Oh, yes, precious metals and natural resources. In other words, it has a collateral foundation. 
which the United States dollar no longer has, has not since 1971. And in 2008, that financial crisis brought all these issues into the limelight once again. Banks collapsed around the world due to the interconnected nature of the financial system. Economists and politicians questioned the structure laid out by Bretton Woods, particularly since the United States dollar hasn't been backed in 2008 for 40 years by anything but uh, the good looks of whatever president and the jive and hustle of the Treasury Department and the Federal Reserve. In September of 2008, then-French President Nicolas Sarkozy said, quote, we must rethink the financial system from scratch, as at Bretton Woods, unquote. That'll give you the mindset of the globe, folks. And in that 2008 meltdown, the Federal Reserve printed money. They pumped liquidity into the United States market and protected the U.S. balance sheet. But the same was not true in Europe because they were relying on the dollar as a reserve currency. And European government credit ratings were deteriorating ever faster because the world was losing its faith in the euro. By the way, although the U.S. dollar, as at least as of 2019, enjoys control of about 59% of the world's commerce, there are other currencies that some countries also hold as reserves. Jap- the Japanese yen is 5.25%. Swiss francs, 2.45%. Canadian dollars, believe it or not, is a reserve currency of some countries. And then, of course, we come to the, uh, yeah, the coronavirus, you know, yeah, COVID in 2020. And again, the financial system of the world was shaken, and it has not recovered. And to get things back on their feet, all the central banks led by the Federal Reserve of the United States basically busted interest rates down to zero, printed money out the wazoo, and fueled the current inflation, which <laughs> which they've managed to stoke the fire with every trillion-dollar bill that's being passed. And that, of course, they're talking about the new one. So in the last half of 2021, you know, just six months ago, it became pretty clear that inflation was not transitory. You know, that word that the Biden administration used, the Federal Reserve used, and economists around the world used. No, not transitory at all. I've brought you stories about this. It's now entrenched, and it's going to be unentrenched only with a pile of pain. Listen to last week's show on the rightsideradio.com, and I equate this current situation we unfortunately find ourselves in, or we've been placed in intentionally, to the 1970s. And I tell you what happened back then and how long it took. It's very instructive. You know, the Chinese yuan, which of course is now in this basket of the new reserve currency in the BRICS countries, is the obvious alternative to the dollar hegemony of the world. China has demonstrated its manufacturing prowess thanks to us. Listen to last week's history, America-China relations and what we did to create our mortal enemy. Yeah, we China is our creation. And China's share of world GDP is expected to be 20%, one-fifth of world GDP by 2050. I don't know if you know this or not, but on March 15, 2022, to kind of reinforce this move, this beginnings of the move away from the dollar as a reserve currency towards something else, Saudi Arabia announced that it will now consider being paid in Chinese yuan instead of dollars for Chinese oil purchases. That's a big crack in the dike for the United States dollar, folks. In reality, if you look at history and you look at the demise of all the other reserve currencies, which I've given you a rough approximation of, the only modern model for the transition between reserve currencies is war because it creates even more value for the currency that's being used by the winner to buy raw materials and war materials. Think about World War I 
and World War II. The European wars of the 1800s where France and Britain shifted positions between the reserve currency and the, the livre and the pound sterling. This goes back time immemorial. And as you will see as we go through this show, we have very dangerous hotspots around the world right now. It's kind of the perfect storm for the U.S. dollar. High inflation reducing its value, backed by nothing. Another reserve currency coming on, backed by everything. Real stuff. Conflicts all over the globe. A huge national debt because folks of both parties like to print money and spend your money, your tax dollars, to buy their votes. So, folks, that brings us to the rest of the story. The dollar is under attack as a reserve currency of the United States for all the reasons I mentioned in the historical portion of this presentation. And yes, there's digital alternatives, and China and Russia and America are exploring that for their populations. That is not the purpose of this show. The purpose of this show is to acquaint you with the history of the dollar as a reserve currency and its current unstable situation in that position. There is no doubt that power is shifting on this globe. It's a combination of many factors. Poor, in fact, anti-American leadership in Washington, four or five decades of binge spending and binge money printing by the United States going off the gold standard. You know, the United States could easily rectify its reserve currency position by, let's say, pegging the dollar to oil, which the United States has more of than anyone else, or natural gas. In other words, pegging it to something of value. But that's not going to be done. Because when you peg things to value, you can't go out and pass trillion-dollar bills and buy votes and maintain power and control. Do you see the conundrum? Basically, our pocketbooks are up against the will of big corporations, world elitists, and a power-hungry ruling class. And the steps that need to be taken to ensure the dollar's position as reserve currency of the world, particularly now that the BRICS countries have geared up a reserve currency based on assets, is to get the dollar back to assets. There's not enough gold in the United States to do that. China has piles of it. They've been buying it for years. Gee, I wonder why. Russia has piles of it. They've been buying it for years. Gee, I wonder why. They planned for this day. It's the perfect storm. But the rest of the story is, if we don't get our act together, we don't preserve the dollar as a reserve currency of at least the preponderance of the globe, our standard of living will decrease overnight by 25%. And inflation will run wild because the only way the ruling class is going to be able to finance the ever-increasing largesse of a growing and out-of-control central government is by printing more dollars. And as I've discussed with you a million times, the more money there is, the less each dollar is worth. And that, folks, is inflation, not the rise in value of goods and services. So one of the things that you might want to be thinking about, think about yourself as a mini country. Think about the money you have in the bank as your reserve assets. Now I want to tell you about these two very disturbing conversations I had with two great, relatively young, I'd say late 30s, early 40s, somewhere in there, United States Air Force officers, both of whom bought books, by the way. I asked one, because he said he was getting out of the Air Force and he was going to do X, Y, and Z, why he was leaving the Air Force. And he kind of regarded me studiously for a minute. And he said, you know, I'm tired of the politics. This vaccine mandate, the CRT training, the LGBTQ rules and regs. He gave me an interesting example. So the U.S. Air Force has long had a standing policy of men and women in separate barracks. And they maintain that policy. And fraternizing between the two sexes is a big no-no. 
But with the LBGTQ rules, you know, the equality rules under our woke Millie and the rest of the crew, China's buddies, he explained to me that men can now follow the rules of the Air Force, live in an all-male barracks, but if the two men happen to be involved, there's two men, I guess, to each barracks room, well, guess what? Relations can occur between two men, but they, they can't occur between two heterosexual Air Force members. And this was causing all sorts of grief, anxiety, and resentment within the ranks. He went one step further because part of his duties, and he served on a number of Air Force bases, was to train other Air Force personnel in certain ways of war and fighter maintenance and all sorts of things. I'm not going to go into details. I don't, I don't want to give away his identity. But he said that his training classes have become much more difficult since the injection of politics over the last two or three years because some of his trainees felt entitled by the Air Force rules. Certain women, certain members of the LBGTQ class. And of course, there's resentment on the part of the straight Air Force personnel in these classes. So he told me that a good portion of his training on the front end of each class, if you will, or series of classes with a new bunch of students was to get their minds right, to make sure they were operating as a team. And he was very concerned about the dwindling amount of cohesiveness and the waning amount of teamwork in the Air Force, which is kind of the story I brought you when I brought you the historical series on military readiness in the United States. You should listen to it. The second U.S. Air Force officer, he was staying in the Air Force, but he said that it had dwindled from his love. In other words, he loved to be an Air Force officer. He loved being in the United States Air Force. He loved feeling he was defending the country and protecting the Constitution. To now, it was just a job. And it was for the same reasons as the other officer who I talked to two days before gave me. Now, this particular person was resentful of the jab and other COVID mandates, but he had gotten it. The first officer had not. But the story from the two of them, even though one chose to leave the Air Force and one chose to continue his career to get his pension, was remarkably similar. And I have a feeling that it is remarkably similar in all the armed forces. In fact, I know it is just because of my contact. And that is not a good thing in this time of strife, turmoil, conflict, and potential war here, there, and everywhere across the globe. And now, folks, fortunately or unfortunately, we're going to get into rat-a-tat-tat, and boy, there's a pile of it. So bring on the rat-a-tat-tat. Let's start with, (laughs) this is actually apropos for first rat-a-tat-tat, particularly after the historical story. Here's the headline. CCP Intel bombshell. U.S. government compromised. Uh Uh-huh, it's not just the U.S. government, folks. It's the Federal Reserve. U.S. officials are expressing worries that in addition to the infiltration of universities and businesses and government institutions by Chinese officials, they have now infiltrated and are recruiting officials from America's central bank, the Federal Reserve. You know, the bank that sets monetary policy, the bank that blew it on inflation. I can go on and on down the list. On July 26, Rob Portman, he's a Republican from Ohio, he's the ranking member of the Senate Homeland Security Committee, released a report. You should read it. Basically alleges that Red China is targeting the Federal Reserve. The Chinese are trying to gain access to sensitive, non-public economic information. Why is this? Because all wars are economic. China is recruiting Fed economists by offering them monetary benefits, why don't we say bribes, and other incentives in exchange for proprietary information on the United States 
monetary policy in advance. And there's 13 big influencers within the Federal Reserve that the Chinese so far have used to gain access to non-public information and, in fact, to sway central bank policies. Gee, would that have anything to do with inflation now, which weakens our economy and weakens the dollar and all wars are economic? Well, I have to think about this. In fact, U.S. officials have reportedly caught one person transferring huge amounts of data from the Fed on two different occasions. Isn't that terrific. In addition, this report alleges that the Federal Reserve has not taken any steps to seriously counter the threat, (laughs) you know, as the communists try and disrupt the U.S. financial system. I mean, what could go wrong? And Fed officials are not cooperating with intelligence agencies or federal law enforcement. Terrific. And of course, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell, gee, he's done a great job. He rejected any suggestion that his agency didn't have the proper processes, controls, and technology to uh, thwart these Chinese attempts to compromise it. Of course he did. And when we come back, more rat-a-tat-tat. If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is. That's because you still lose bone density with traditional calcium supplements. That's where calcium from algae comes in. Algae Cal Plus doesn't just stop bone loss. It's the only supplement ever shown to increase bone density in clinical studies. That's right. Algae Cal Plus increases bone density, even if you're in your 80s. That's because your bones need more than just calcium and vitamin D to stay strong. There are actually 13 minerals and 3 vitamins needed to build healthy new bones. And Algae Cal Plus contains all of them, and it's proudly made in the USA. Your calcium doesn't increase bone density. Algae Cal Plus does. Talk to one of our bone health consultants today and see how Algae Cal Plus can start increasing your bone density. Call now. 800-378-3719. That's 800-378-3719. Threads West, an American saga, is the number one national Amazon and Barnes & Noble best-selling epic saga, recipient of 37 National Literary Awards. Written by rancher Reed Lance Rosenthal and serves in part as the inspiration of the acclaimed 1883 miniseries, the sweeping Threads West epic saga is our American story. Beginning in May 1854, men and women from America and Europe, England, Ireland, Norway, Denmark, Italy, and Prussia, an Oglala Sioux family, a Ute Indian family, a Spanish vaquero chased north by the Texas Rangers, an elderly black couple setting their life sails for the winds of freedom, a renegade you will revile, and an American trapper you'll love. Men and women of uncommon cultures, differing origins, competing ambitions, and their weave of the American cloth in the West. Alexandra Brown, Romantic Shorts, says, Reed Lance Rosenthal has outdone himself. Rosenthal's characters just blew me away. They are as real, if not more so, as most of the people I have ever met. Get it now. Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Kindle, Nook, Audible, or from the publishers, ThreadsWestSeries.com. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-611-7121. 800-611-7121. 800-611-7121. That's 800-611-7121. 
Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, CEO of MyPillow. I support this show, and I would like to offer you our biggest discounts for listening. So please go to our website, MyPillow.com, and put in the promo code at the end of this message to get the biggest discounts. Again, thanks for listening, and God bless. Use the promo code RIGHTSIDE, R-I-G-H-T-S-I-D-E, RIGHTSIDE, or call 800-892-1083, RIGHTSIDE. Welcome back to On the Right Side Radio, and let's go further and further down the rabbit hole of a rat-a-tat-tat. I don't know if you saw this AOC meltdown, you know, Alexandria Cortez, the the bug-eyed babe from the Bronx, but she's insisting that gas price spikes are the result of oil companies profiteering. You know, that's how you start moving toward nationalization of stuff, folks. And four Democratic senators, Sheldon Whitehead from Rhode Island, Jeff Merkley, Massachusetts, of course, Elizabeth Warren, of course, from Massachusetts, and Bernie Sanders, obviously, from Vermont, have now co-sponsored legislation (laughs) which outlaws profits for oil companies. Oh, that's great. That should do wonders for our fuel supply, don't you think? And then I think we'll stick with China. So Nancy made her plane trip over to Taiwan, purely political. I mean, you know, what's World War III when it comes to a midterm election? There's two islands off of Taiwan, Kemoi and Matsu. There are two counties, in fact, of Taiwan. They lie closer to the Chinese mainland coast than to the Taiwanese coast. And it seems that China is getting ready to invade them, since Nancy gave them the excuse. There was a Taiwan Strait crisis in 1958. The People's Republic of China, Red China, shelled the islands to try and probe uh, the extent of the United States' defense of Taiwan. In the 1960 presidential campaign, John F. Kennedy, Richard M. Nixon, the defense of Taiwan became a major issue during three of their debates. Kamoi and Matsu are not fortified. They have very small garrisons. Their capture by the People's Liberation Army would be pretty easy and a huge diplomatic coup and once again subjugate America to disdain because we're not going to do squat. There's all sorts of reports coming out of China that China is massing all sorts of armored and infantry personnel in the two ports which are nearest those two islands. And additionally, gee, you're not hearing this on any news, in the last, oh, 72 hours, Commercial flights have been abruptly canceled from airports in several cities in the nearby Red Chinese province. The Chinese are blaming it on regional traffic control. Oh, yeah, of course. And there are ships being loaded with weapons of war. So keep your eye on that. That's the next big blow-up while America is worried about critical race theory at West Point and in the Air Force. Our buddies at the World Economic Forum, you know, Klaus Schwab, you the on nothing and you will be happy. They're on a new binge here, a new bent. They have now added the goal of promoting a transition from private car ownership to usership. Uh, maybe that doesn't sound much to you, but on July 18th, they published a report and their plan is to reduce the international demand for critical metals. Hmm, why would they be doing that? And the paper called for a clean energy revolution. Oh, well, of course. I mean, that's how control. And it called for promoting what it called, quote, mindset changes. 
of course, to, to have people use fewer things and to try and underpin their case for this. They point out that 39% of global workers already use employer-provided laptops and phones, etc. And that on average, cars in England are only in use 4% of the time. Oh, well, that's great for completely turning the world economy upside down, don't you think? And making sure that you and I don't own vehicles. It's great. Our buddy, Tricky Tony Fraudulent Fauci, he's at it again. Okay, As you know, he's locked horns for the last year or two with the Senate and the House and all sorts of other critics about his funding dangerous research in China, you know, like gain of function in the Wuhan lab. He's repeatedly denied it, despite the fact it's black and white. The money's been traced. The money's been tracked. I mean, the guy is a typical progressive, radical. Rules for radicals. Saul Linsky. Deny, 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 then distract, distract, distract. I mean, that is their rule. But a recent National Institute of Health database search, which was spurred by a FOIA lawsuit, showed that Fauci's agency, this is the highest paid guy in the United States guy, folks, I brought you this last week, is now funding two Chinese medical studies based at military Chinese universities. Ah, that's just great. The first focuses on combating the transmission of an acute infectious disease called the dengue fever or virus. And the agency has provided 1,079,000 of our tax money to the Red Chinese Army to do this biological research since 2010, including, by the way, just to add insult to injury, $132,912 on June 1, 2022. Isn't that great? Doesn't that just warm the cockles of your heart? As you know, the House has passed the ban on assault weapons. It is up to us to stop this in the Senate. You better get on the horn. You better be sending emails. Whatever you need to do with your senators, I don't care whether they're Democrat or the Republican, this is an election year. You have lots of leverage, but they need to hear from you. This cannot go through. Basically, it bans most semi-automatic weapons. I'm not going to go into the details of the bill because it'll permutate and it'll change and who knows what, but the Senate needs to kill this bill. Simple as that. Oh, let me let me give you a couple COVID eye poppers. I mean, you know, it's a, it never ends, folks. It never ends. Double down, double down, double down by the powers that be. So, you know, California had draconian, other than for the governor, restrictions and mandates. Nonetheless, it tops the nation's record for COVID-19 infections. Roughly 10.5 million of the reported 90 million infections. One state. It's, it's kind of like the gun control states, you know. They have the highest crime rates. they got the toughest gun control laws. It also tops the charts in deaths with approximately 10% of all deaths in the entire United States in California. But despite this, the city of San Diego has recently reinstated mass mandates in public schools. There's a lot of unhappy parents, and they're basing it on the CDC. Well, we can trust them, can't we? Their COVID-19 community-level ranking system. Oh, wow, I'm so impressed. By the way, as part of the mandate, any students refusing to wear masks would have to resort to attending classes via Zoom. They can't go to class. Never mind a March release of Harvard University's Center for Education Policy Research Study detailing the material adverse detrimental effect of remote learning on students. I mean, who cares, right? At the same time, two weeks ago, San Diego allowed a parade. Roughly 300,000 unmasked individuals participated in this LGBTQ parade. Huh. Well, kind of tells you a lot, doesn't it? Speaking of the Air Force, since I gave you those anecdotes, 
A judge has ordered the U.S. Air Force to not punish members who refuse the COVID vaccination on religious grounds. Good for that judge. Thousands of airmen were facing getting fired. I mean, in the face of the lowest recruiting success in decades, because of all the nonsense going on, of course, the armed services are ejecting hundreds of thousands of military members because they refuse to take the jab. You can't tell me it's not intentional. I mean, you can't tell me it's not intentional. Anyway, this judge has imposed a preliminary injunction against the Air Force doing anything but properly reviewing these cases. And this was based on a lawsuit brought by 18 airmen, and it affects 6,800 minimum Air Force members who have claimed and so far been refused this religious exemption. The judge's name, by the way, is McFarland. The midterms are coming, folks. There's going to be fraud. There's been a bunch of fraud cases, election fraud cases around the United States over the past several months. Hundreds of them. You know, it takes two years after you catch somebody on video committing egregious election fraud to bring them to justice. Just outrageous. But in addition, the Democrats are playing other dirty tricks. They're spending money advertising to help Republican candidates that they believe voters would see as MAGA extremists. Ooh, yes. And hopefully that makes it uh, easier for the Democrat to win in November. There's a video right under the audio bar on the rightsideradio.com, this show, about this election fraud stuff. You should watch it. It's not the best one I've ever seen, but it's highly instructive and informational. I think it will strike a chord with you. By the way, our friend Liz Cheney, who's getting her butt kicked, we hope, here in Wyoming. A little bit more about her for any of you Wyoming folks on the Wyoming and Colorado stations that listen to me. I want you to know that this woman, in addition to all the other stuff she does and does not do, supported the out-of-control spending that has led to this inflation. She voted for Biden's $1.5 trillion spending bill. Spending bill. She has asked Democrats to infiltrate the GOP primary and vote for her, since Wyoming has no prohibition against that. She actually voted for the gun bill that has so far been passed by the House and the Senate. That's just unbelievable from Wyoming. And it doesn't stop there, unfortunately, folks. Here's a quote from her. The House GOP leadership has enabled white nationalism, white supremacy, and anti-Semitism. That was Liz Cheney on 5-16-2022. You folks in Wyoming, if you're on the fence, I don't know why. Make sure you're registered. Make sure you vote. This lady has to go by. She can go over and be Nancy Pelosi's housekeeper or whatever she wants to do. And then, of course, since we have, since this is an election year, is big tech about to repeat its 2020 blueprint to try and stop the red wave? Well, I think you can kind of count on that. You know, they're now employing the watchdog entity NewsGuard, you know, fact checker, and they could play a pivotal role. By the way, do you know who funded the creation of NewsGuard? Oh, the Pentagon. Yeah, the Pentagon. And it was created to fight, quote-unquote, misinformation, unquote. To give you an idea of how NewsGuard thinks, they recently downgraded Fox News in its ranking of trustworthy news sources. So if you folks go to Fox News, you may see a red warning label saying it's not a reliable news outlet. Now you know the story behind that. And NewsGuard is now targeting other conservative news outlets. New York Post, Wall Street Journal, Breitbart News. And, of course, Facebook, not to be outdone is pulling the plug on conservative reach, just as they did in 2020. Facebook reports it's going to offer less news to users. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, less information to certain users. Uh, That's really much more accurate. In 2020, you know, they reduced the visibility of conservative sites by as much as 90%. The same thing is happening right now. 
let's talk a little bit about COVID stuff because this will make your eyes roll. So the CDC should be ashamed, but you know the CDC has no shame. And they did a study revisiting pediatric COVID-19 cases in counties with and without school mask requirements. Okay, so two researchers from the CDC crunched data from six schools in 2021. This time, they greatly expanded the number of schools. Even doing that, they came up with the premise that masks didn't hurt, but they couldn't say that they helped. And very significantly, the study says there's no significant relationship between mask mandates and case rates. Another study came out by The Lancet saying masks are absolutely worthless. That's one of the top medical journals in the world. And, you know, even the New York Times is getting into the current mask frenzy, right? You know, leading up to the midterms. The title of the story they ran just last week, Why Masks Work But Mandates Haven't. Oh, well, that's great. You know, basically they said masks don't work too well, but they work better than nothing. But if you tell people to use them, they're not going to work. Hmm, let me think about this for a while. Even in this New York Times article, by the way, number one, U.S. cities where mask use was common, COVID spread at a similar rate in masks as mask-resistant cities. Number two, mask mandates in schools seem to have done little to reduce the spread. And number three, Hong Kong, despite almost universal mask wearing, recently had one of the world's worst COVID outbreaks. Hmm. Now, one of the things the New York Times article did say, I got to give you this quote. The COVID virus is so contagious that it can spread during the brief times when people take off their masks, even when a mandate is in place. In other words, folks, this is all our fault. Do you understand? This is all our fault. Like, you can't do things like eat and, you know, drink and whatever because, man, you're like a COVID monster spreader. By the way, contemporaneously with all this nonsense, the Biden administration, the DOJ, you know, Marin Garland, boy, he's just a peach, has now sued Florida on their basically anti-mandate. In other words, if you mandate a mask in Florida, you're in violation of the law. And CNN carried this story, and because it's so ridiculous on this whole mask concept, CNN said that the CDC's appeal is really a defense of its authority to be able to issue mask mandates for masks that don't work. And the New York Times also had another interesting article over the last week. Quote, the war in Ukraine may be impossible to stop, and the U.S. deserves much of the blame. Unquote. True and true. Wow. I never thought I'd say two truths in the same sentence as the New York Times. Never. And with that, we are out of time, as always. I want you to look in the mirror. I want you to repeat with conviction. I want you to repeat with your family. I will muster. I will stand. I will not comply. I will never give in. I will never stop fighting. I will join with those in these United States and around the globe who love freedom as I do. And we will win. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Thanks for listening. I'm going to have a pile of stuff for you next week. You have a great week. Keep the wind at your back. Please remember, if you've missed any shows, just click on Show Archive and you'll find all of his shows. We look forward to seeing you here again next week for another episode of Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side. If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is. 
That's because you still lose bone density with traditional calcium supplements. That's where calcium from algae comes in. Algae Cal Plus doesn't just stop bone loss. It's the only supplement ever shown to increase bone density in clinical studies. That's right. Algae Cal Plus increases bone density, even if you're in your 80s. That's because your bones need more than just calcium and vitamin D to stay strong. There are actually 13 minerals and 3 vitamins needed to build healthy new bone. And Algae Cal Plus contains all of them. And it's proudly made in the USA. Your calcium doesn't increase bone density. Algae Cal Plus does. Talk to one of our bone health consultants today and see how Algae Cal Plus can start increasing your bone density. Call now. 800-378-3719-800-378-3719-800-378-3719. That's 800-378-3719. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-611-7121. 800-611-7121. That's 800-611-7121. Do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now? Maybe $25,000 or more? If you're a homeowner, now is a perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods like yours have gone up in value. You can use the money for anything. It's yours. You can buy an investment property, pay off higher interest debt, or make home improvements. If you need $25,000, $50,000, or more, now is the time. Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. 800-601-6995. That's 800-601-6995. NMLS 6606. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is not an offer or commitment to lend. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all borrowers will qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing opportunity. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Health Insurance Helpline can help you get it. 800-304-5791-800-304-5791. 800-304-5791. That's 800-304-5791. 